Welcome back to another podcast and today we're finally going to be going over my driver season rankings for the Formula 1 2021 season and what a season it was. Honestly, I'm still I'm still in disbelief over what happened and I finally I've finally been able just to sit down and decide my my rankings for the drivers. So basically today, well in the podcast, we will be uh, going through the drivers from from last to first, and uh, and I've just ranked it on performance over the whole season, and compared to years pre years prior to this year, how they've improved, how they've changed. So yeah, let's just get right into it. And first off, obviously wasn't an official named driver, Robert Kubica. The man is twenty first, as he did only drive few races this season after replacing Kimi Raikkonen, uh, when he unfortunately contracted COVID during the season. Which uh, yeah led to Kubica. Oh, crikey! We're gonna have a couple of those today. Uh, racing for Alfa Romeo at Zandvoort, where he qualified an impressive P eighteen. To be fair to him, because it was one of the first times he had stepped into the car after only having a couple uh, practice sessions before that, and then finished the race in an impressive P fifteen, which was an amazing drive for him, considering he hadn't actually raced since twenty nineteen for Williams, and also like I just said, hadn't had much practice going into the race with him being the reserve driver for the team. So Zandvoort was absolutely brilliant for Kubica. And obviously his other race for the season, his only other race, came straight after Zandvoort in the epic race that was Monza, where he finished P14. This was this, this result was helped with uh, five retirements in the race. But either way, it was a very solid uh, drive from the Polish man. And going into the race, we also saw a... Uh, yeah, we also saw a second sprint race of the season where he finished P18, which was where he eventually started for the race, finishing P14. And yeah, honestly, the thing is, there's not really much you can judge Kubica on this year. But when he has raced, he has been solid. And that's really what you expect from the man. Now in 20th, starting off the official grid, we have Nikita Mazepin. Even though it's his rookie season and was placed in easily the worst car on the grid, but even so, you can't help but look back at Nikita, at Nikita Mazepin's performances against his fellow rookie teammate in Mick Schumacher, where he has consistently been at the, at least a second off the German driver in qualifying alone. See, now his best finish this season was a P14 in the crazy race at Baku. We've had a lot of crazy races this year. And, and even in the second half of the season, he just hasn't been able to finish higher than 17th. And even though at times he has been a little unlucky, now even though he has had a very tough rookie season, I still believe he he has improved during the 21 races of the season. But you never know. Maybe next season, with all the changes and money has has have been saving, we could possibly see him grabbing a few points here and there. Because honestly, Mazepin, as much as people don't like him, he has improved as a driver over the course of the season. And yeah, honestly, there's not really much you can say on him. But I'm actually quite excited to see him race next year, just to see if the has is different. But obviously, it, it will be. But just to see if he can do even better. Now, in 19th, I've decided to put Antonio Giovinazzi. Uh, unfortunately, it's been quite, uh, quite frustrating watching Giovinazzi in his final season in F1. For the time being... As for the time being, as he uh, had a car which was much better than the Williams, but yeah, he was both. Yeah, but yet he was both behind. 
Crikey. But yeah, he was behind both of the Williams drivers in the standings. But he could have easily been higher since his performances in qualifying have been impressive with four Q3 appearances over the year. And especially in Monza where he qualified in 10th for the sprint for the sprint race where he would then start 7th for the race on Sunday. And, ju- and this was due to penalties for other drivers ahead of him, which, which was great for him. But he just couldn't deliver in the race, finishing uh, not an appalling, but just a bit of a disappointing P13. As uh, he was maybe just a little bit too eager in the race uh, with with the cars that were much better than his, Alfa Romeo, with, with a lap one collision with Carlos Sainz and also spinning out in the race, which did end up pushing him further down the grid. So it would have just been nicer for him maybe to... Have, obviously, you love to see a driver push on the first lap, but maybe if he had calmed down a little bit, we could have actually seen Giovinazzi have a good race. But uh, this year at times, as his... Yeah, this year at times... It's just, he just has, it's been a nearly season for the man. It's really hard to put it into words, but it's been a nearly season and to prove why he should have stayed in Formula One, but instead he only got three points and being behind his teammate who missed two races as well in Kimi Raikkonen. And it was just a shame because Giovinazzi is actually a good driver on his day. Well, all the drivers in Formula One are good because they've got into Formula One. But yeah, now just ahead of him in 18th, I have gone for Mick Schumacher. Now, don't get me wrong, Schumacher could have easily been much higher in this list, but over the whole year, he has had some up and downs, which is why he's in 18th. Now, in terms of a rookie season, he has had an average rookie rookie year in Formula 1 by comprehensively beating his teammate. Now, even with a car that he was in this season and it near on being impossible for him to fight with the other cars on the grid, he did make it into Q2 twice in France and Turkey but he was never able to fully capitalise on the crazy races this year, with his best finish being a very good 12th in Hungary. And even in that race, he drove brilliantly and also had a good battle with Verstappen, even though he was in his broken Red Bull. And it's just a shame because he did deserve points in Hungary based on that drive alone. But you never know. Based on previous series that Mick's been in, leading to Formula 1, he's always been better in his second year. So maybe <laughs> Mick Schumacher's world champion next year? No, but... It's just a funny thing to think of. Now, 17th. It was a very tough decision for me to put this driver here and not in 16th. And uh, that driver, of course, is Nicholas Latifi. He was, however, consistently in the shadow of George Russell this season. Though though to his credit, he chipped away at the gap to the, to the now Mercedes driver and even managed to, to qualify ahead of him on the rare occasion towards the end of the year. Now, obviously... We just want to go straight to Hungary, which was brilliant for Latifi as he finished seventh and drove incredibly well for the entirety of the race and also finishing above his teammate who came eighth in the race. Although his only other points finish of the season was when he came ninth in Belgium and that was lucky and and was lucky to get that due to both Lance Stroll and Valtteri Bottas having grid penalties and also with Perez crashing in the formation lap of the two lap race under the safety car. But uh, in his defence... He did do well to put his Williams 12th in qualifying in Q2. That was mainly focused on skill as a driver due to the conditions out on track. But but it but was outshone again by his teammate, who was put in the same car and put it second, which was just brilliant. That was a lap from the gods, that. Uh, it's kind of, yeah, honestly, that was such a brilliant lap from George Russell. But anyways, uh, back to Latifi. Uh, another highlight of his came in Brazil, where he outqualified George Russell for the first time in a very 
conventional qualifying session. Yeah. Well, yeah, for the first time in a conventional qualifying session. Well, he also did the same thing in Abu Dhabi. But the reason to why he's 17th is because there are, because of these very small achievements in comparison to his teammate. But overall, Latifi has had a much improved second year, but will need to be up but will need to up his game against Alex Albon next season because you best believe Alex will be bringing that fight to, to him. Now in 16th uh, is Yuki Tsunoda. This season has been a roller coaster for the Japanese driver with the second half of the season being much better compared to the first with much fewer crashes and starting to prove him, himself in both the race and qualifying. Now he has had a tough start. Now he did have a tough start to the season even though he did do brilliantly in the season opener, he just went it just went downhill from straight away, and which was understandable for a rookie. But even still, his performances weren't good enough in that Alpha Tauri, and was being shown by his teammate Pierre Gasly, who did, in all fairness, feel at home in the car. But in the second half of the season, Yuki has had many great races, just like in Turkey, where he did an excellent job holding up the Mercedes of Lewis Hamilton even for a few laps, making Hamilton's life much harder while he was making his way up the field due to his engine penalty. But he did also spin in the race. And also in USA, which was another brilliant race for him, where he qualified in 10th and finished the race in 9th. Now, the man has... Yeah, he's got points in that race and it was brilliant for him. But he uh, decided to keep his best his best performance for the final race of the season where he... Where, it was just unbelievable. He finished fourth with an amazing drive, but he could have capitalised on so many other opportunities during the season. But hopefully, this this confidence he's picked up will, and that hopefully that will be the Yuki Sonoda we see much more next season. Because honestly, if he drives like that next year, he is going to be brilliant. That's all I'm gonna say. In fifteenth, I have put uh, Lance Stroll. Now on his day, don't get me wrong, Stroll is one of the best drivers on the grid, especially in wet conditions, because he is usually excellent in them. But however, his performances over the course of the season haven't been good enough. But it's also been helped with the fact that the Aston Martin car has been a tough one to drive. And he has been almost like Giovinazzi in the way that he is a frustrating driver to watch, as he is capable of so much more but he did have a few highlights during the season, with one of them being a P6 in Qatar after making a one-stop strategy work with some great management of the tyres, and also a solid P7 in Italy. But as I said earlier, this has been a very underwhelming season for the Canadian, and hopefully next season we can see more from him, and hopefully he'll have a much better car alongside that. Now, in 14th, it's Kimi, big Kimi Raikkonen. Now, even with the fact he missed two races, Kimi has had a good final season in the sport and definitely a good few races, a good final few races, sorry, with him scoring eighth in both Sochi and Mexico, which allowed him to comprehensively beat his teammate over the course of the year, with him scoring 10 points to Giovinazzi's three. But really, apart from a couple other points finishes, he has been on the cusp of points for quite a lot of the races this season as Alfa Romeo and it's just a shame to see him go because he's had an amazing career in sport and it's it's not going to be the same without Kim in the grid but then yet again he has left the sport before so yeah mm. now up next 
13th and 12th for me were very, very difficult to decide on. And people might not like that I put this one behind the other driver. But up next in 13th is Sebastian Vettel. Now this, now this too was a very tough call, like I just said, because yeah, he could have finished 12th. And in the first, first, first half of the season was definitely much better with that great race in Baku to secure his first podium with the team and also a second place finish. And he did also have another P2 in Hungary snatched away from him, unfortunately, because he drove brilliantly all race just to be disqualified for not being able to prove a fuel sample to the FIA after the race. Honestly, Seb was robbed in that race. Obviously, that's what everyone wants to say. I don't know if I believe he was robbed or not. Because obviously with the rules, it does state that he didn't have enough. So uh, it was all up in the air, really. But now on to the second half of the season, where it's been much tougher for Vettel. But he did do well to score points on several different occasions occasions in the second half and to also keep himself in the mix with the rest of the field. And it's just a shame to see that Aston Martin car just wasn't good enough this season. And it could be down to things like their warm Mercedes engine. But anyway... We will see a different Aston Martin car next year, hopefully. And if it doesn't improve, I don't think Vettel will stay with the team much longer. And and if that's the case, I hope he doesn't. But hopefully, next season isn't his last. Now, I'd love... I'd, sorry, I just want to quickly say this. I would love to see that man racing an AlphaTauri or even possibly a Red Bull for one last time. It probably won't happen, but hey. Okay, now, into 12. This one could be quite controversial. I've gone with Daniel Ricciardo. And it's easy to say the season hasn't been his best with him struggling to adapt to the new car at the start of the year. But now of the obvious highlight to go for is that amazing win and day in Monza. Where he finished third in the sprint, second in the race due to Bottas' grid penalty, where he would end up winning the race. Oh, honestly, it was just a brilliant weekend all round because he also got fastest lap. And his teammate came second to secure a 1-2 for the team for the first time since 2012. But unfortunately, after that win, Ricardo did struggle again. But honestly, what a day that was as a McLaren fan. I was going mental. I think everyone in the world was going mental of Formula 1. What a race. And there's not really much else I can say on his season. Now, in 11th, only just missing out on the top 10 is Valtteri Bottas. Now, in the first half of the season... It was a mare for Bottas, as up until maybe as far as Russia, he wasn't having a good season in the car. And even though he was mainly scoring podiums, he just he just wasn't good enough to be fighting for wins, which was expected of him going into this season. And if he wanted to keep his seat with Mercedes, with if he wanted to keep his seat in Mercedes, he just... It wasn't possible with him finishing outside of the points on several different occasions during the course of the whole season. Now, don't get me wrong. We did see a much better second half of the season for Bottas with brilliant performances in Monza, Turkey and Sao Paulo, just to name a few. And and with and even with the driver having consistent grid penalties as, Mercedes, as the Mercedes team were trying to decide the best course of action for Lewis Hamilton's in terms of managing the grid drops that he would face. 
it it was he performed brilliantly in those races, and it could be down to him finally getting given that multi year contract at Alfa Romeo, which put all the pressure off of him, which meant he could just perform. But I'm just also pleased he was able to get that final race win in Turkey, as he did dominate the race. But as a whole, Bottas did did up his performances towards the end of the season as he was competing with the front runners more often compared to the disappointing results he would be getting at the start of the season. With some of these results coming in Sochi, before the rain fell, he was doing well. And also in Mexico, where he spun out at the start, and also in Abu Dhabi, where he fell back at the start. Honestly, it's just a shame to see Bottas' his final year in Mercedes go, go the way it has. And on a whole... He was just—he was there supporting Hamilton for the championship fight, and has been crucial to the Mercedes team. But I put him eleventh, just missing out on tenth, the top tenth, as I just believe he wasn't good enough. Now into the top ten, in tenth, we have the man coming into Mercedes, replacing the outgoing Valtteri Bottas, and that, of course, is George Russell. Now he did have a great start to the season, and was always driving his absolute hardest in the backmarker car, which was the Williams. He reached Q3 twice and failed to get into Q2 once going into the summer break. And these qualif- and these qualifying mi- results meant that he put himself in the mix at the start of each Grand Prix, but he did eventually fall backwards after that and just eventually becoming placed in the position of where his car should be. And even due to this, he was able to capitalise on slip-ups from, from other drivers in the first half of the season, with him with him coming P12 in both Britain and France, and also 11th in Austria. And Russell did, in fact, achieve his first points in Hungary for Williams, finishing P8. Now, on to the second half of the season. And that started in Belgium, where, of course, he finished P2 due to a brilliant qualifying lap from the gods, as I said. And he put he put in the day before a fantastic lap. I just can't believe how good this lap was. Honestly. And it was in the wet conditions. And he has been a brilliant qualifier in the wet conditions this season, as we also saw in Sochi, where he put his Williams P3 yet again out qualifying Hamilton. But either way, no matter how the race went, he got his first podium and his first podium for Williams and it was just it was a great day for the Williams team and a huge haul of points for them uh, and we can look back at, at it as being the reward for what he got from such a great 2021 season as he ended up having four Q3 appearances over the whole season in probably what was the second slowest car of the year the only critique I would have about Russell's season is that he he did start to drop off at the end and he was being outqualified by his teammate on a couple of occasions, which hadn't happened before that ever, really, in his Williams career. Now, in ninth is the 111th different race winner in Formula 1, Mr Esteban Ocon. And it is easy to say that his highlight of the year was that brilliant win in Hungary, where he went on the right tyre at the right time to be able to control the race and defend against a brilliant Sebastian Vettel. Now, Ocon also did very well in Saudi Arabia as he was just beaten across the finish line by Valtteri Bottas where he ended up finishing a brilliant and respectable P4. But regardless of that, it was another excellent performance from the Frenchman. And overall, Ocon finished the season only seven points behind teammate Fernando Alonso. And I think it's easy to say that Ocon was expected to do much worse compared to his teammate Alonso. He did also have brilliant races, 
brilliant race at the start of the season where he was outperforming his teammate for the first five of the five of the year. But he he did also sign that new deal for the team, which was when Ocon had a terrible few races in, during during the course of the season, as he would be nowhere to, as he'd be nowhere to be seen, where he didn't even score a point in four races. But he did also have a mechanical failure in Baku and was in and was involved in a crash at Austria. But overall, Ocon has had a brilliant season, and I can't wait to see him in a few months at the season opener. Now. Up next in eighth is Sergio Perez. He did have a tricky start to the season as he was driving in that second Red Bull seat, which historic, which historically has been a nightmare. And uh, they have been off the pace. He has been off the pace of Max Verstappen and Perez did struggle in that seat, especially in qualifying, where the first 11 races of the season, Verstappen would be leading 10 to 1 in qualifying results. And unfortunately, it was those performances on the Saturday which did put him on the back foot for Sunday. Now, he did claim his first win with Red Bull at Baku, and it it was either neither of the uh, last two Red Bull drivers were able to do who were in that seat before Perez. And he was also able to get a podium finish in France, which was another great drive from him and the team. Now, in the second half of the season, we saw Perez's performance improve, m- performances improve much more as he was maximising the car more in, in these races. He did also, in the second half of the season, score three podiums in a row, which were in Turkey, USA, and also that brilliant race in Mexico, being the first Mexican driver to stand on the podium in Mexico. Oh, and it was brilliant. And he was also he also had multiple other races where he was in the mix much more in the season. But you, you also can't deny that his defending was superb during the season when he was needed. And that was definitely put on show in that last round at Abu Dhabi, where it was an absolute masterclass, where he utilised his abilities of tyre management and prolonged his softs on the first in, which pushed Hamilton back into the grasps of Max Verstappen. And all in all, it has been a great year for Perez, as he did play a part in help in both helping Max win his first championship, but also helping Red Bull fight as long as they as they did for constructors. Because that was a great battle as well between Mercedes and Red Bull. And it's just a shame Red Bull didn't win it. Now, in seventh for the ranking of the season, I put Fernando Alonso. The rookie, I'm only joking. But he has proven a lot of people wrong this season with his consistency throughout the year. With his 15 different points finishes throughout the season. And obviously the highlight of his season was that podium in Qatar. He did incredibly well with managing his tyres on, on the one-stop strategy. And we can't not mention that brilliant, brilliant, brilliant piece of defending in Hungary where he finished P4. And it helped remind us all of why he is a two-time world champion as he was also able to get the most out of his car. And next season, honestly, I genuinely believe if Alpine can deliver him a car which is capable of winning races and puts him up there... I believe that's what he'll just do. And you never know, he could title for the he, he could challenge for the title. Uh that's just probably me getting a bit fanboy over him. But what a return this man has had in the season just gone. Now, up into thick sixth place is the Frenchman from AlphaTauri, Pierre Gasly. Now I could have put him in five, but fifth, five in fifth, but what can you what can be said apart from and what another brilliant season the Frenchman has had? who scored over 100 points for the first time in his career with him scoring 110. 
And I do feel harsh of putting him in sixth, where he could have easily been fifth, in my opinion, in these on these rankings. But Gasly has well and truly delivered this season, being the main point scorer for Alpha Tauri, for the Alpha Tauri team. Now he has come into his own this this year with a remarkable eighteen, and that's right, eighteen Q three appearances, and has certainly got the most out of the car in qualifying. And unfortunately, his car just, his car did seem to struggle when it came to the race itself. But nevertheless, he was excellent. And unless it was a circuit, which would be hard for overtaking, which would see Gasly be the best of the rest. We saw that with two P4 finishes in Mexico and at Netherlands, and as well as a P5 at Hungary. And of course, that brilliant podium in Baku. And this season has proved himself, he has proved himself as being a top driver. And maybe a top team might come from in the future if he keeps this up. What a driver. What a year. Now, in fifth is Charles Leclerc. This season has been brilliant for the Monocast driver. Now, he could have finished as high as fourth in drivers if you consider his non-start at Monaco, where he was on pole for the race. And he did also DNF in in, uh, Hungary, where he was taken out by Lance Stroll at the start. But also with disappointing results in France and Russia due to reasons out of his control, really. But whenever he finishes races, he does get very good results. Meaning that his 159 points a season only just put him behind both Norris and Sainz in the standings. And they both had excellent seasons. And he has also had the most bad luck out of the two Ferrari drivers this year. And has still had a great season. And I can't wait to see him next year. Now... Okay, everyone might hate me for this, but before we get into who's fourth in my rankings of the season, personally, I'd just like to say that this was a very difficult decision and I haven't let where each driver has finished in the championship decide my decision. And uh, these rankings are not only on the results of the drivers, but also I believe how much they've improved over the season compared to previously. So... I'm getting ready for all of the hate and everything. But in fourth, I have put Lewis Hamilton. Oh, now hear me out. He has been excellent this season. And it was what is came to be expected from him. But this season, we have seen mistakes from Hamilton. And maybe it's because of the pressure and the fact that this is his first proper battle for a title since 2016. Now, when I talk about mistakes, I want to point out Imola, where he ended up in the in the gravel and drove into the and he did also drive into the wall. That was a mistake. And he was lucky that it was a red flag where he was allowed to change his wing and he was allowed to unlap himself and everything. And also in Baku with the brake magic it's mistake. And also we saw in the race in Monaco, which was just one big mistake where he was nowhere compared to compared to Verstappen. It was just honestly, it was just crazy. And he's also been involved in a couple of crashes this season. Obviously, where I fully believe it was his fault in Monza. But everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Now, after Mexico, many wrote Hamilton off off for a chance of winning the championship. And that is uh, where we saw Hamilton fight hard. Harder than we'd ever seen before with that result in Brazil, where he was disqualified from qualifying to come back storming through the field with a fresh combustion engine to win. To then dominate in Qatar and win in a very, very controversial race in Saudi Arabia. 
And these three results meant that we came into final race of the season and level on points with Verstappen for the championship. And it was just crazy to think that we had this season. And I don't really want to say much on the Abu Dhabi incident because he did drive very well. And from that display, he did deserve to win the race. But that's how Formula One is, unfortunately, in my opinion, and how quickly things can change. And personally, I was jumping around with joy as that safety car came out, as I personally wanted Verstappen to win the race and the championship. But anyways, overall, some of Hamilton's performance this season have been incredible and some have been disastrous. But you know what? I do feel bad for putting him in fourth. But I just want a bit of variety and I just believe that the other three drivers have had incredible seasons. Now, in third, right, I wanted to put this man in second, but I just couldn't because of that second half of the season. And in third is Lando Norris. He has had an exceptional season getting out of the box quickly and this has been his breakout year. Now, everything looked to go down here, downhill for the Brit after that race in Sochi where he lost his first win after dominating for the majority of the race after putting his McLaren on pole for the first time in his career what a what a moment that was as a McLaren fan now Sao Paulo was also a good result for Norris as he did collide with former teammate Carlos Sainz at turn one on the opening lap obviously giving him a puncher and putting him right at the back of the field. And he still managed to get up to P10 by the end of the race, which I would class as a brilliant drive and a brilliant performance by him. And also in Qatar, where he could have been much higher on the grid finishing if it wasn't for that puncture. And it was just, he had a lot of bad luck in the second half of the season because he has been excellent. And yeah... Honestly, and if it wasn't for that puncture, man, he would have been so much better. And also in Abu Dhabi, where he qualified third, but another slow puncture ruined his chances of a good finish. But it didn't also help with the fact that Bottas and Perez were doing so well in the second half of the season. And it was and that that newly upgraded Ferrari power engine and everything, just making it much more competitive at the front. But for me, he has easily been the third best driver this season and if you look at it on a whole he scored four podiums with a career best finish of second in Monza and even when he did drop off towards the end of the season he was still consistently in the points and then even though he did drop points in in it's just he's had a brilliant season okay and it's it's hard it's hard to put these into words at times but he's just been brilliant now in second it's obvious now it's the, it is the Spaniard from Ferrari, Carlos Sainz. And what a season he has had. Now, coming into season, it always looked like his seat might be at risk of someone like Schumacher or maybe, I know, ridiculous, Ilo or Schwartzman because they're also Ferrari Driver Academy students. But obviously, they were never in the thing. But uh, like Schumacher, it was just, yeah, he had Schumacher possibly on his tail because Ferrari definitely wants to get him in the seat. But... A season like this one will definitely cement his place in that Ferrari team for the next few years at least. Now, he he beat Charles Leclerc over the course of the season and he even got more podiums than his teammate as Sainz got four over the year. And Ferrari, and honestly, he's been excellent as well. And Ferrari definitely have a driver lineup capable of winning them a championship. And in Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz, they can 
they can challenge for the drivers, um, drivers and constructors championship next year if they have a good car with Ferrari. Now, Sainz this season has seen him finish in the points for twenty out of the twenty-two occasions this year, and those two non-points finishes were both P eleven finishes, meaning he hasn't had a single retirement this year, which just also caps off a brilliant season. The sp- the the he's been excellent. Okay, he's been excellent, but yeah. Honestly, that's all I can say for him. His, he has been brilliant. And finally, at number one, for my driver's rankings for the season, it can only be one man. The man from Holland, Super Max Verstappen. Whenever he's finished with his car intact, he has finished first or second at every race this season. That is crazy. He has made much fewer mistakes this season compared to his championship rival and in previous years for his career. And his pace has been remarkable during the season with the Dutch champion leading the most amount of laps and his many pole positions. It's just been crazy. He has easily been the dominant driver of the year and Verstappen ends the year as a deserved world champion. And if Red Bull go into the new season with with the new regulations out on top, I don't think he can be stopped because the man is insane. But honestly, that's all I that's that's my that's my driver's ranking for the year. Now I feel I'm gonna have to stop now because I feel like I will be waffling on. But if you guys did enjoy that, um please tell me below what you thought. If if you think I've got some of these places wrong, I've I've underestimated Hamilton because I believe a lot of people will be angry with Hamilton being fourth. But anyway, thank you all for listening and I will see you in the next podcast. Goodbye.